Welcome back to the Posh Cockney podcast. You're listening to Liam Norvell and this is Hospitality News brought to you by the Industry Titans. And today's actually a very special day as it's my wife's birthday. So I'd like to wish Catherine Norvell a happy birthday. Before we talk about today's show, we are going to thank Sarah Hyde from the House of Hyde for being our guest on Friday's show. Now on to today, we've got Matthew Ford, who's the head of marketing at Hawksmoor, which is one of my favourite restaurant groups in London. The steak there is to die for, and I know most of you are big fans. We're going to hear about his journey, and I worked with him at Maxwell's five or six years ago, and we became great friends since then. So you're going to hear how he got into the industry and how he's going to move Hawksmoor forward from this pandemic. You're going to really enjoy this one, but before we start, we're going to hear from our sponsors, Utilitrack. As one of the UK's leading commercial energy consultants, Utilitrack help businesses spend less on their utilities. There's never been a better time than now to review your costs. So if you'd like free help or advice on saving money on your utilities, email us at inquiries at utilitrack.co.uk or visit our website www.utilitrack.co.uk. And welcome back to the Posh Company podcast, Hospitality News, brought to you by the Industry Titans. And today's Titan is Matt Ford. Matt, how are you? Uh, really good, mate. Thank you very much for inviting me to uh, join you in the podcast, uh, dealing with the isolation as best we can. Um, sort of starting to self-educate now, get on to lots of uh, webinars and uh, just catching up with people, just trying to make sure that when we come out of this, we're in uh, the best place possible. Well, that's very sensible to do. And I th- I'm pretty sure most people, especially that are listening to this podcast, are doing the same thing. Look, before we go into what you're doing right now, let's let's take it back a little bit and talk about Matt Ford and, and how you started in the industry. Going back a while here, mate. Uh, I mean, hospitality is all I've, all I've really been involved in from a very early age. I've always enjoyed hospitality. I think, you know, to work in hospitality, you've got to be hospitable and actually enjoy offering a service or an experience, um, whether that's, you know, putting on big events or whether that's creating trends within the industry or actually just working front of house or back of house. It's a very creative industry and I've always enjoyed that element of being able to come up with something a little bit different. You know, when it comes to hospitality, it's it's simply just not you know, a three course meal in a restaurant, it's actually an experience and an event. So I started, uh, started off as a casual, actually. Remember Christmas casuals? No. Um, when we, no, <laughs> you never done it? Okay. So at Christmas, <laughs> uh, I used to work for the Hilton. Grew up in Swindon and it used to be uh, just on the M4 corridor, that sort of big, long, straight road that goes straight into, into London. And I, I would work there at Christmas and you know, a bit of, bit of pocket money. I uh, did it with a lot of school friends and just kind of caught the bug from there, really. Then went to college, studied hospitality uh, at college uh, and then straight into university, went to Bournemouth University, studied international food and hospitality management, specialising in marketing. I did four years there. Wonderful. Uh, took the beach for granted, never went to the beach. And then really kind of sort of set my sights on coming to London. London was at the draw at the time, you know, we're going back almost 20 years now. And it was when you talk about culinary excellence and you talk about all of the best places that you wanted to go to, Mezzo was a big place back then, you know, you had places like Circus. Brands weren't as big as they are now. You didn't have the big the multinational chains as such. I mean, you had the the Carluccio's and brands like that. But what I wanted to do was just come and experience London. I just, it was just a draw. I think once you, once you get the bug and you sort of come out of Piccadilly Circus and you see the bright lights, you just, you know, get drawn in. So went to work for uh, Gaucho or the Gaucho Grill as they were at the time. Started off there as bars and events manager, small, 
in comparison to the brand that it is now. But uh, I started there when they were, they had six restaurants. And as I said, it was the Gaucho Grill and sort of developed uh, the, the events arm and started to develop within the brand and actually really start to get my teeth into an opportunity to grow with a company. And at the time it was family owned, um, which was great because it was a small community and we all kind of showed great loyalty. And, and I spent 14 years there. 14 years working wow. my way up to marketing director. I took the brand through from uh, Gaucho Grill through to Gaucho, um, worked with some amazing people, some some senior directors that have gone on to do great things now. After my sort of 14 years there, I felt that I needed to do something that was a bit more multi-brand. Um, I'd only been a, a one-brand guy. I knew it inside out. I used to bang the drum for the brand, but actually what I wanted to do was try and do something different, which is where you and I met. Mm. I moved from Gaucho to Maxwell's. I was drawn in. I really wanted to work with Craig Doyle and, and, and what he was doing there. And I'd heard great things about him as an operator. But also the big draw was actually working for a brand that had so many different brands within them. For instance, you know, you had Joe's Kitchen, you had Maxwell's, which was an institution in, in Covent Garden back then, you know, uh, Roadhouse, which to this day is still an institution. You, work yeah. at, you ask anyone in the industry, you know, you, someone has passed through those doors or we've all passed through those doors at some point. Café de Paris, which just a titan when it comes to events, uh, particularly the sort of things that they would do within the industry, but also, you know, the, they were quite sort of cutting edge with the stuff they would do from on a Friday and Saturday night when it would turn sort of organically from a dining experience into a late night venue. And you look at yep. what Bagatelle are doing now and uh, brands like that that actually sort of followed that, that pattern. It's the, so it's the, it was the it was the 360 experience, wasn't it? You know, so yeah, it's the, yeah, it you know, you show, know. food, club, you know, everything. That's why um, I think it had so much success. Yeah, I think I think when you, I mean, just when you, we'll probably talk about demographics in it, but actually, you look at what people are looking for now. They're looking for an experience. Yeah, you know, you're asking people to part with upwards of 70, 80, 90 pounds a head. They want mm. to know what their return is and what they're getting for it, and they mm. want to be entertained. Everything that happens now, particularly in hospitality, has to be Instagrammable or it has mm -hmm. to be worthy for social content. And what that's doing is adding more pressure to the operators to make sure that they're putting on bigger, better experiences. And that's yeah. kind of why I moved over to Maxwell's. Just wanted to experience it. You know, I mean, you know, Café de Paris would do, what, 1,000, I mean, you'd know the numbers better than I would, but, you know, 2,000 covers on a, on a Saturday night. You know, it was just... Yeah, well, I'm I'm sure they would love to do that. I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in terms well, of, if, if, if you if you added in the club as well, club and actually saying that, with they had the brunch the, before the, the coronavirus, they had the brunch, the club, the cabaret. So yeah, you're talking nearly two thousand people. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I think those those sort of venues now are very few and far between. Partly because you look at the rents and rates that have gone up, particularly in W one, W two, and or, sorry, Zone one, Zone, zone two, even Zone three. For, for that instance, it's it's difficult now. You don't have these these big brands that these big institutions that are sort of ten, fifteen years old. You know the, what you find is that brands evolve and they move and they have their you know three or four years in the spotlight and. and yeah consumer trends and people change and interests change and you as a brand you either move with it or you actually find yourself you get left behind so mm -hmm. so yeah so anyway I've, I've digressed a bit sorry um loved maxwell's uh and then was given an opportunity to go back to gaucho to put my own stamp on it really yeah um, actually evolve the brand move the brand forwards actually look at you know the competitor or the competitive world that we were living in when I went back was a very different world to, to when I left. Hawksmoor, Goodman, um, Mays, Grill, you know, th those brands had popped up and were offering a fantastic experience, which was on a par, uh, if not better, 
um, if I'm honest, than, than Gaucho. It was an opportunity for me to actually stamp my authority in the industry, but also come up with some cool creative ideas that were going to capture the imagination of our demographic. When we talk about experiences, it wasn't just about going out on a Friday and a Saturday night. You know, we were finding that people were coming out on a Saturday, 11 o'clock for these brunches. Yeah. Brunches just exploded. <laughs> the the Gen, Gen Z, should we call them, were actually going out 11 o'clock in the morning having an amazing experience, finishing their evening at seven o'clock and probably in bed by 8.30. Yeah. Um, so you had to evolve and you had to make sure that, you know, you weren't compromising in terms of the DNA of the brand and actually the core values of, of the brand. But the idea behind it was that we found a gap in the market, came up with something called Electro Brunch, which I've been to many times and, and I've, in, I've enjoyed some sore heads the next day. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> look, it's, it's part of the culture. It's it's what hospitality is now. People are looking for different experiences. I think I created an electro brunch. I actually started in Manchester. I remember right. I was sat in the, the Gaucho in Manchester and I thought, it's a Saturday afternoon. We should come up with something cool. There was a big music scene, that sort of hacienda. Hmm. You know, a lot of the bands that were around back then had a had a northern uh, link to them and they would always bang on and talk about the sort of I, I guess the sort of late 90s and you saw about the primal screams of the world oasis and bands like that seahorses and, and I was really into that type of music yeah. and I thought you know there, there's an opportunity to do something here so we came up with a very early uh, version of electro brunch which is a very different version to to what you see now but and the idea was that there would be a dj there would be live music there was very organic sort of slowed down stripped back service which was meant to be a, a very elongated lunch to where you would come in at 11 leave at two get great value have fantastic you know steak and eggs and all the, all the amazing stuff that you'd expect from gaucho with great cocktails and great service and just you know not doing a brunch that is a Prosecco, drink as much as you can, as quick as you can, because you've got a very short window uh, to do that. Unfortunately, um, we were finding that they were, the consumers were coming in and doing that and wanting to, <laughs> wanting to drink as much as they can and not eat that much. But did it affect your, uh, did, I always wondered if that affected your evening trade, because obviously Gaucho, and for me, I still love going there with the wife and as well as, well as other steak restaurants. Uh, but I used to love going there especially when you was there, take the wife, still get dressed up. It's, a, it's still a luxury place to go and eat because it's, you know, it's not cheap. Yeah. But if, I, if there was a hundred people staggering out there at six o'clock, does it affect the brand's profile in any way? I think look, the, the original concept was the fact that it would finish at four. Um, you know, when I say the original concept, that's when I created it probably must be about four and a half, five years ago now. The idea was that it would not cross over. And I think when I left three years ago, it was it, at its prime was driving 2000 covers on a, uh, on a, on a Saturday lunch, which was unheard of, particularly for Gaucho uh, at, at that time. So, and that was the growth of the business. I think as demand grew, then all of a sudden four o'clock becomes five o'clock becomes six o'clock. And mm. I think, you know, the, the management team that are there now have done it for a reason. They've realized that there's a huge gap in the market for these type of premium branches. And, and that's the direction that they wanted to take the brand in. For me personally, there was never a crossover. It was always, you know, Thursday, Friday and Saturday night was very destinational. It was about the experience. You would find that a lot of those that would come for brunches would come with their partners two, three, four months down the line. So it was a nice, it was a nice crossover. But as with everything, you know, as numbers increase, you have to accommodate them. If that means you have to go an extra hour, then you go an extra hour. Before we ask any more questions, we're going to hear from our sponsors, UT Trek. 
Hello, it's Gerard from Utilitrack and we're delighted to be sponsoring today's podcast. We've a couple of tips for you. In the current pandemic, your business is going to be using less gas and electricity. So do make sure where it's safe to do so that you provide regular meter readings to your supplier. This will prevent you overpaying and building up an unnecessary credit. And don't just cancel your direct debit. Most utility contracts have a price discount built into them for paying by DED. If you cancel that direct debit, you're likely to pay a penalty. Now let's move on to where you are now. So this time last year, you took the job at Hawksmoor. Was it a little bit later in the year? Yeah, I, uh, Hawksmoor, I, I'd known Will for a couple of years. Our paths had crossed. I'd always looked on at Hawksmoor very enviously. There were a lot of a lot of guys who used to work for me that went to work for Hawksmoor and spoke about this amazing ethos and this, this brilliant community of people that really, really inspire others around them. And actually, I met Will for the first time. I think, you know, it was a probably a two-hour conversation with about four or five coffees and actually kind of left, um, left that meeting saying, I really want to work for these guys. Mm. Um, and it was one brand that you always, the jobs never really came up. You know, the a marketing manager or marketing director or head of marketing, it wasn't something um, that you would see advertised. Uh, so you would have to keep your ear to the ground. And uh, I was lucky enough to have a phone call from Will. And he said, would you be interested in coming over? To which uh, I won't tell you where I was at the time, but I left the meeting quite sharpish and actually said, yes, absolutely. Because it's the brand that I wanted to work for. It's, it's I think... You I, I, believe you, I, I believe he was with me, actually. <laughs> I know it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to tap you up to come over to Posh Cockney. <laughs> I was very close to it, mate, and I appreciate the offer. And I, and I told you that. Privately. It's a funny story, actually. We, was, we, we, we were sitting there on our first, one of our first meetings with Wahlburgers, and um, I know, so mate, you were offering a bit of consultancy advice on the project. Yeah. And then you, you nipped out halfway and then told me, uh, I'm going to join Hawksmoor. So <laughs> it was the shortest yeah. uh, person I've ever had on the books of Posh Cockney, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. I'm sorry. No, the, I mean, the point is, is, you know, when you get an opportunity like that to work for a brand that is built, yes, of course, it's incredibly successful and they have done um, and they will continue to do incredibly well. But a brand that is built on community and the ethos around uh, Hawksmoor is work hard and be nice to people, you know, and, and actually if if you're hospitable to the team around you, then that comes across in the way that you are and the way that the restaurants are run and the way that you offer service. And it's an incredibly inspiring company to work for. I'm only six months in now, um, but I've certainly developed. There is a brilliant culture of development and training. There is a culture of wanting to better yourself. But there's also a culture of being able to work with others and learn off of others around you you know that i find some of the the wine guys quite inspiring the brand guys are fantastic in terms of when you sit down and talk to them about you for instance who's one of the uh, co-founders along with will actually when when they find a building they ask themselves does a Hawksmoor fit this building not necessarily can we just squeeze a brand into this and hope that people are going to come they're not a brand that make rash decisions will and hugh have been agonizing over New York for a very long time. And, and New York was not something that they rushed in terms of the business. It's an infectious company. It really is. And I'm incredibly lucky and proud to work for Hawksmoor. I love the, love the team that I have. I've got a great little setup. And the guys that work with me and, and collectively, we are part of something special. We know that.
you know, it's uh, it's tough at the moment. I know we're probably going to talk about what, where we are at the moment, but yeah. you know, we're a brand that is planning to come out of this. So we are two months or two, maybe three months away from coming out, being bigger, better and stronger. Well, let's go on to that. It's a good link. Let, let's talk about coronavirus and how it's affected you personally and obviously Hawksmoor as a business and, and what you're doing to survive. Yeah, I mean, it's there's no... There's no uh, beating around the bush. It's decimated the industry. You know, hospitality is, has thrived. Uh, it's thrived on being, you know, something that people aspire and, and, and want to experience in their working week. People work hard. You know, they, they want to go out on a Friday and a Saturday. They want to be looked after. They want to feel special. They want to just be, you know, taken away in, in experiences. And I think it's a big loss, particularly to, we know how big it is in the economy. It's the, the third biggest sector for employers. Um, in terms of the economy, it drives a considerable amount. And Kate Nichols has been an advocate for hospitality for a very long time. And she has done an incredible job in the last, oh, how long has this been going on for? Two months now, maybe, maybe three months to, to protect hospitality. You've seen the government has come up with the salary retention scheme, but it has absolutely decimated the industry. Uh, restaurants and bars are closed. Cafes are closed. You know, things that we took for granted of just popping down the, the pub to meet friends doesn't happen. It can't happen. I, I will never, I don't think we'll ever experience this again. You talk to a lot of industry bigwigs and a lot of uh, those that have been around for a while and they haven't experienced anything like it. You know, this isn't going to be something that's just going to be turned back on and we're going to go back to taking uh, the money uh, weekly sales that we were taking previously it's going to be a slow burner um, I've, I've spoken to many people in the industry not just marketeers but operators owners directors it's going to take a year a year and a half to get back to the sales of you know where we were um, we've lost some big brands some big brands have gone into administration like Carluccio's Benito's hat they're not a titan but still a brand that when you look at the industry it's you know these brands survive on sales and they survive on on daily sales and weekly sales when it comes to developing or, or growing their brand when there are no sales come coming in there is no cash reserves and whilst hospitality is a huge supporter w when it comes to to staff it's you know it's become evident that actually it's uh i don't know i just not, not getting emotional but it's really sad to see that we're we're in this situation there are a lot of brands out there that uh, are smart have great CFOs and FDs and 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 Hawksmoor is one of them where we have great support from our private equity and backers so we will come out of this stronger the big thing for us when this did happen was was to make sure that our community was safe our team was safe will and Hugh uh, and the fellow directors and the other directors sorry I should say the first thing that was on their mind was to make sure that our teams weren't uh, hung out to dry we are a family and to have to furlough staff or to have to lay staff off is is incredibly difficult uh, my hat goes off particularly to Will and, and all the other directors, the way that they handled it. It has been tough. Now, I hear of other brands that have panicked. I'm not going to name them, but you can see them in the news of those that have laid off considerable numbers. Um, that doesn't help the industry. You know, the, the brands that are going to come back bigger and stronger, are the ones that look after their team, because it's going to build loyalty and retention. And the big thing for us at the moment is actually, we have been looked after. We, you know, we have been furloughed, but we know we've got something to go back to. So we're all working collectively to have this sort of, the mindset that when we do come out of this, we're ready to go. I think what you said there, I mean, it's, it's clear that the, the industry is in trouble, but, you know, there are so many great minds out there and, and so many incredible brands that you see now on social media, everyone coming together, webinars, like online training for people. 
I think it's almost like a reset button that's happened right now in the, in the whole world. I firmly believe that after this, the hospitality industry will change, but it will come out stronger. Matt, look, um, it's been great talking to you. What's your socials for um, yourself and Hawksmoor for people to get hold of you after the show? Okay, uh, you can get me on Instagram and Twitter at MJ4D with a Y. Hawksmoor is at Hawksmoor London. And then there's Hawksmoor Manchester and, and, and all the other lot there as well. Thanks for... Uh, letting me come on it was a great opportunity one to see your beautiful face because i haven't seen it for a while <laughs> but also you know it's uh i love hospitality liam you know you and i have worked in hospitality for a while and i'm just looking forward to coming out of this and uh, coming back stronger it's been great seeing you and talking to you and uh i really hope that we can see each other soon and and have our regular pint at the uh, whistleblower yeah <laughs> mate i will see you there all right i'll see you later mate listen stay safe stay well stay in see you soon Bye-bye. all the best mate Bye. bye And thank you, Matthew, for coming on the show. Always a pleasure speaking to you, mate. And I can't wait for that beer at the Whistleblower, as we said. And I wish everyone at Hawksmoor the best of luck. And I know you're going to come out of this stronger, as you mentioned in the podcast. Make sure you join us on Friday, where we have David Keaher from Live It Design. Now, that is going to be one show you do not want to miss. So make sure you check it out. And don't forget, we are still offering a free 30-minute consultation to any UK hospitality business during this lockdown. Email us today at cv19help at poshcockney.co.uk. Don't forget to check me out on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Liam Norvell. And you can always drop me an email if you'd like to put yourself forward for the show. And or if you'd like to know more about our services at Posh Cockney, it's liam.norvell at poshcockney.co.uk. And please check out our website, www.poshcockney.co.uk. Before we leave you, here is a little message from our sponsors, Utilitrack. As one of the UK's leading commercial energy consultants, Utilitrack help businesses spend less on their utilities. There's never been a better time than now to review your costs. So if you'd like free help or advice on saving money on your utilities, email us at inquiries at utilitrack.co.uk or visit our website www.utilitrack.co.uk. 